This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Marina Sirtis, Deanna Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. You're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus sitting in the center chair this week, which feels a little wobbly for some reason. Oh, I- I'm joined by my co-host sitting at the op station, Daniel Prue. Um, Daniel, your uniform looks a little more homemade than usual. W- what's going on? Uh, listen, Philip, it's, I really wish you didn't bring it up, honestly. I had a unfortunate hot chocolate incident earlier and i had to kind of hobble what i had together uh i I was planning on going to star trek uh you know a a convention in las vegas this year and this is all i had laying around listen that you listen it's awkward philip i'm sorry i made a little mess and now i have to wear this i know and it's red too i don't know what your blue shirts are gonna say all right well i'm also joined by my other co-host at the bridges engineering station darren moser darren darren you just seem to be you just seem to be making computer noises and pressing buttons on a black screen is there something wrong with l cars oh philip it's the latest in filmmaking technology instant effects they're on your blu-rays before the movie's even finished i see Oh, okay, as long as it's in HD, I don't care. All right. Oh, um, yes, on your HD DVD before it's even finished. <laughs> well, if folks can't tell, we're going to talk about something that is talked about on the network here, but not here on Earl Grey because it's never been done, um, and that's fan film productions of TNG. And I'm sure you're asking yourself, what fan film production of TNG? And that's the answer. There aren't any. And so we're going to be talking about why that is this week. Um, and so I just wanted to start off with a basically sort of like a where we are at Earl Grey about um, background with fan productions. So since I'm first, I'll hog it up. Um, like when in like the mid 2000s, um, that's when I started to, to get to know a few of them. Um, of course, these are more of like the, you know, the people in a warehouse or their dad's brother's cousin's house's garage would be building, you know, bridges of the uh, NCC 1701 and, and, you know, going outside and filming things. And so there were a few um, of the of those episodes where you would actually, like, get the DVD disc. You know, you'd go on the interwebs and see the trailer and, and, and get them down. And they'd be the, like, sort of different ships of the 23rd century. So it wouldn't just be, like, the original Enterprise or Kirk or anything. And so that's where I was like, oh, that was cool. That's what and I kind of tuned out. And, of course, it's a different animal these years. But, Daniel, what's sort of – do you have any – interaction with any of the fan productions that's been going on oh no nope uh not at all just uh i i I happened to notice them when they released because well you know being here on the network and and being involved in the fandom you you kind of 
it's unavoidable really. So, uh, you know, I just, I just happened to, I'm a, I'm a passerby, uh, as far as this subject is concerned. I just, I stand there and these things happen and they go by me and, uh, that's kind of how it works for me. Ooh. All right. And Darren, what about you? What's, what's your viewership of, um, Trek fan film productions? Well, I think one of the best original, you know, back in the beginning of fan films was Troops. And that one was just really amazing because not only did they have stormtroopers like out on the desert, but they had, it was like the cops and, oh, oh, you said, oh, I'm so sorry. You said Trek. Um, <laughs> boy, oh, this is awkward. Uh, yes. No, no. I, like Daniel said, you know, in the Babel conference and in the internet in general, when a new fan film comes out or a fan film Kickstarter or Indiegogo comes out, cause those come out for like, like a two to one ratio, I'd say. And, you know, when you're alerted to a new fan film, yeah, we want to check it out. We want to see what other people are doing. And, you know, I was you know, there's the big players. I don't know if we're listing all of our favorite fan films right now, but yeah, it's there are definitely some that I enjoy. We are and, one, two, three. Go and say it at once. Uh, 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 Renegades, uh, Axanar, um, Star Trek continues, and why am I the only one naming things? <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's a lot of great fan films out there that are fun to watch, and really with the internet, I mean that's that's why we get to watch them. You know, it's even if you could make a next gen fan film in the day, what are you going to like distribute your VHS on the, at the conventions or something, make a lot of copies in your van is no, it's not going to happen. No, not without the internet with, with your van down by the river. Um, so, you know, I just, just start with the simple question first. Um, and, and maybe there's obvious answers, but I'll ask it anyway. You know, why isn't there a TNG slash 24th century based fan production? And of course, you know, in the news, legal stuff going on. So that aside for a moment, just pretending, you know, that little thing doesn't exist for a moment. Um, but Darren, why, in your opinion, is there no TNG-based fan films out there? Why is it TOS or even Enterprise-based right now? Well, are we discounting Renegades? Because I kind of see that as the TNG slash DS9 slash Forge. I mean, yes, it's post-Voyager, but it's kind of in that... I mean, you said 24th century. That's like 100 years. So that's within that block. So are we not, are we not counting that? No, 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 no. That, that that's a good point. Um, I guess you know when when I think of the fan films, it's usually. Are you thinking of like Picard? You know, replicating those characters. Well, well, I mean, I don't know. You, you, well, you tell me why is I guess if you're going to count Renegades, why is Renegades the only player in town in the 24th century? Um, I would say the biggest thing that holds back next gen era, like Picard era fan films, is the set. I mean, there there seem to be like 20 TOS sets strewn around the world that people have built. You know, not that it's a simple set. I mean, it's still very complex, but the Enterprise D bridge is just so big. I know it's not actually that much bigger, like volume wise, but it's just, it seems so much more daunting to build, to support the ceiling, to just get it lit. And, you know, it's just, I think that is the biggest hurdle to creating a fan film which is why you know in the scenes in like renegades like we were just talking about you know they had shots of a galaxy-ish class you know had the same bridge module but 
they used i know they used the uh, the the bridges being restored by the uh, save the bridge campaign but they green screened all the rest so it was like they just had the horseshoe and the and the chairs and the front consoles but then they keyed in the rest of the bridge you know because they it, it's not done yet so they still needed to to do that but until now there's just no option to to do that unless you build a completely new bridge and that's the on the technical side but you know it's a, it's a really good question because i would totally watch you know 10 5 10 as many as they make fan films that have to do with that era i think it's a great era i think it would be fun i don't know why i listed off five and ten like as i was thinking number, you were gonna say five, i would watch five or ten minutes at one <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> but no it's i like i said i would watch it if it existed but yeah it's i honestly think it's the the technical ability to recreate that look is just coming into affordability okay daniel what about you is it simply that it's a bridge too far <laughs> Yeah, that's no bridges. <laughs> <laughs> that's the practical reason for sure. Um, I think another part of it too is the fact that that the 24th century is so well covered. You know, between TNG and and Deep Space Nine and Voyager two. Um, yeah, but obviously, ninety percent of the reason is because building those sets is must uh, is much more difficult. Also, I do think that there's an element of the fact that. A lot of the people who are now doing uh, fan films are grew up with TOS. Uh, I don't. I don't think that we have gotten to the point where uh, people, like I say, us, are starting to do their own kind of fan films yet. And maybe when they do, they will want to do kind of a TNG or kind of a thing. But a lot of these people, I think, who are writing or producing or directing or maybe have the extra cash to kind of fund these things. Um, maybe a little bit older, uh, and that's probably where their fandom lies is in is in TOS. They're more interested in a a TOS show than a than a TNG based show. That's a good point. The demographics of the creators, I'm sure, plays a part. Well, I like I'm thinking of something I enjoyed: Red Shirt Diaries, mm. and and certainly both of their those creators were our our age, if perhaps not even younger, or at least me, um, and. You know, when that was a low, well, I'm not saying it was a low cost because I know they had a campaign and, you know, but, but I mean, it's someone in front of a CGI screen, you know, but that is that, do we not have like enough TNG nostalgia? It's, there is a void when you look at it, like, oh, in the scheme of other fan films that are out there, there aren't a lot from this era, but there are other things that come to mind. There's the O'Brien at work comic, (laughs) you know, that. It takes place in this era, but it's not, I mean, it's not a fan film, but it's humor and its premise lies within, you know, a a comic strip, you know, format. And, but, and I think, you know, and two things, I mean, there's been comics. Yeah. We get, we get a lot of popular culture based around TNG. I mean, you know, like for example, the family guy, the family guy stuff, uh, including the game that they came out with, like and it was so big in the 90s. It was just so massive that it was everywhere. And, and you couldn't look anywhere without seeing it. Like, there are so many memes and stuff from TNG. Maybe it's just the fact that there's just not as much TOS also. That they're, they're kind of filling in that gap. Or not enough time has passed from next gen. Like, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. another 10 years. And it's like, oh, I want to kind of... I miss that. I want to nostalgia it more. Whereas... <laughs> Well, but that's a good, uh, another interesting thought is just the way 
like you've said several times, Daniel, you know, how much TOS we got and how long it's been since that and how you had to go about watching it. Whereas now, I mean, I know we all feel like the nineties was five years ago and it wasn't, but you know, it, it actually wasn't that long ago and we've been so saturated with it since because, you know, of DS nine and Voyager and just all this Trek rolling. It's, there hasn't been that gap of we need to fill this with fan films with our own stories. And, and, you know, Darren, you were joking earlier, but think about star Wars, right? How many, how many star Wars fan films and, and parodies, but, but like how many of those do we see of, uh, the prequels compared to the original trilogy, (laughs) you know? So it's like, whoa, 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 Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. are you comparing in a SAT format that the prequels are to the Holy Trilogy as TNG is to TOS. Because, good sir, you can find another podcast if that's what you're comparing. No, of course I'm not. No, he's saying I, the prequels are a fan film made by a Mr. Le- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I, what I'm just suggesting is that, yeah, it might have an element of time associated with it. That, that, uh, that the original series, much like the original trilogy in Star Wars, had decades to kind of grow this love uh, of the franchise and kind of the and inspire these people. You know, maybe you're maybe you're 10 when you see Star Trek for the first time or Star Wars. And and then you want to become a filmmaker. And then finally when you get old enough to to create something of your own, of course you're going to go back to the original. Of course you are. That's that's what inspired you. And maybe it's this kind of same thing. Like it was just the fact that these people saw these things when they were younger. And again, we haven't gotten to that the next generation of uh, fan filmmakers yet. Well, because next year Uh, in in 17 will be the 40th anniversary of Star Wars and the 30th anniversary of the the beginning of Next Gen. Right. Boy, I feel old now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad we finally decided to do this. We should have done it a long time ago. A hundred and something (laughs) episodes ago, we should have done this. Yeah. But like from a production standpoint, I mean, what would you guys be interested in as far as a TNG fan production? Because I, I don't even know what the term to use. You know, are we is the modern era now just fan productions of where you're getting in Trek actors and, you know, having these big fundraising or or can we even go back to the original time of where it was just like guys in a garage or a warehouse or a thing or or have a studio with a CG blue screen? Like what what would be your imagining of a TNG um, fan production of Daniel. I think in general, as far as Star Trek fan films go, um, is maybe a little more like Darren mentioned troops earlier, which was a fantastic, fun and silly kind of, are you going to pitch lower decks to us? No, 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 no. Well, no, I would. That would be great. Actually, that would be fantastic. If they want to do like, you don't even have to show the bridge. You could do like ensigns, you know, uh, or just build, whole, build a lot of really good corridor exactly, set. <laughs> exactly. Or you could do the live action, you know, like uh, the, the Miles O'Brien at work stuff. But it doesn't have to be this big bombastic thing. It doesn't actually have to be essentially a second TNG. Just be creative with it. Just, you could, you could, yeah, you could have a lot of fun with it, and and just you don't have to follow the formula that Star Trek has kind of uh, developed before. As long as you exist in that universe, I think that's enough for for most people. 
And then what about you, Darren? I mean, is, should it be, and of course it can be anything, but like, you know, your first thought, is it like a movie or is it like a web series or is it just like, you know, a series of sh- short YouTube clips every five weeks? What would be your thought? I mean, it, it does kind of come down to what Daniel said, where you, you compare like the original series to next gen and it's like 79 episodes versus 178 episodes. So a lot of stories have been told about the crew of 1701D. But yeah, I think all it just takes is someone having an idea and really wanting to just make it happen to really bring it to screen where, yeah, I mean, you could do like a something like uh, Redshirt Diaries where it's a webisode, you know, just pick a crew member and they in their little tiny corner of the Enterprise because it's, you know, giant well, shit. We don't have tiny corners. Let's let's be let's be honest. So. Giant, smooth, curving corners that are acres large. But yeah, and but yeah, a web series or or just yeah, like a one a one off fan film that's an episode. You know, that's forty five minutes or so, structured around. I guess you'd have to. And there's the thing though. You just unless you're recreating everything digitally, I'm like engineering. My goodness, that's a massively complicated set. You know, the bridge. I mean, the bridge and engineering are the two sets that they always spent time at. So even something like the uh, observation lounge. I mean, I mean, you could try to pick a place to to bottle it to not have to go to so many. Well, for places. engineering, all you need to do is make all you have to do is make the table, and you just have the you the know, CG the, boom, the boom, rest. Boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean, it's definitely doable. It's just no one's done it. At least to my knowledge, I'm sure there's someone out there who's done all this and they're just yelling at their podcast. And and I will say this, and I'm going to preface this now. I, I don't. I'm going to f- try to phrase everything I say. Try not to be. I don't. I don't want to be negative. Um. But what I will say is what what especially early on what all of the fan films for TOS did that I would not want to see, um, is recasting of TNG people with you know. Amateur actors. I, I, I don't like that idea very much. Anyways, I like if you're gonna tell a story, tell your own story with your own characters. Um, it, it just I can I can get more engrossed in that than I can when somebody else is playing this other person not as well as the other person did. That's kind of you know tough for me. So I wouldn't want to see some guy shave his head to be Picard. I, I you know I just wouldn't want that. So. I would like to see like an original kind of a thing. Yeah, that's going to be one of my questions because, and I agree. Of course, that's a personal taste because I know people like Star Trek Continues, which is in that vein. Um, but like the early ones, I remember, and I th- I'm trying to remember what it was called. Star Trek Farragut. I think I might be getting this wrong, but it was it was a brothers who who had this and their friends who were doing an original series, but they were on the USS Farragut, and so they had their own like a sister ship to the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, and I mean, it was a Constitution class ship, of course. So they wanted that familiarity, Um, but it was a whole new crew telling that story in that time, which that's what I enjoyed that they were telling their own story. So, like, and and this would be a question for y'all too, because you know, next generation. What are you talking about? Are you talking about the seven years on television? Are you talking about the movie era? Are you talking about the Enterprise E era? I mean, what would be your guys' imagining of at least what time you would want this fan production set in? You know, I think there's a lot of re- of of untapped potential on the Yamato. 
oh, before uh, uh, we barely knew her. <laughs> Maybe. Did you untap the potential of the warp core? Is that yeah. what you did, Daniel? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, not. I would. I would just place it, you know, right in the middle of. TNG. I mean, heck, we've already we've written our own episodes. Wait, which costume do you want them to wear? No collar or collar? Obviously, collar. I mean, is that even a question, Philip? But yeah, I I kind of like the lower decks ish idea that we were we've been kind of tossing around. Where ensigns is the working title. <laughs> ensigns, yeah, and they're all ensigns. Maybe there's a junior grade thrown in the mix. You know, he's. Been there. Oh, he's, the the dot, he's the big the dot man on over the eye yeah. is one pip. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's Aaron good. Harvey, we need a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that a lower decks kind of thing, sorry, ensigns, would work well to just, you know, not, again, like our, like our show Now did. I'm picturing it, it's almost like Friends. Like, <laughs> central perk is too you're, you're basically doing ENG, RPG, TNG. You know, <laughs> yeah, kind because, of. Yeah, kind of. And you have, uh, you, maybe you pull select audio clips from all of TNG, so you make Riker say something, but it sounds like it, and it's only heard over the comm or something like that. that that's only if we set it on the hood. Oh, that's go. That's true. Oh, you're saying not even on the Enterprise. I was saying on the Enterprise... Uh, well, you know, and they kind of did that, like we've mentioned earlier, uh, with the Redshirt Diaries. I mean, that's that's essentially the plot of the Redshirt Diaries is what does a lower deck crew member think of these crazy adventures? I mean, the 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 Redshirt Diaries is essentially the Picard conspiracy kind of thing. Like, who believes this crazy nonsense that you get into? You know, the regular people on this ship. The How Kirk is this conspiracy. Them? Exactly. So. It's a cool idea, and uh, can you, uh, you can have fun with it, or you can go serious with it, like we do uh, in Lower Decks. But I do think there is a huge amount of potential, and and just stepping a little bit aside of what we're talking about, I I I would be ashamed if uh, the new sh- the, sh- the new show doesn't pick up on this thread and kind of have some, you know, lower crew members as part of the cast that we get to follow as well. And and maybe like a shark on a skate or a dolphin on a skateboard. <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing that out there. Um, you guys can take that. It's not an intellectual property of Earl Grey. Um, but you know, I think one of the things you talked about with with TOS is that perhaps people felt like it was unfinished because you only had um, three years of a five year mission, um, whereas maybe f- other people feel like TNG was finished. And so they don't have that hunger for more. It had an ending. Well, yeah, and and again, like I mentioned before, it's not just that, but we we pick up that story in Deep Space Nine, and we 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 finish all those threads, and then the threads that aren't finished there, we pick up in Voyager. Like we get fifteen years of timeline goodness that we don't necessarily need feel the need to kind of go back and be like, oh, what happened here. And then I guess like an element I haven't actually seen Horizons, but just have having heard about. It, I know you have, Darren. Maybe you can talk about it more intelligently than us. But like even with Enterprise, there could be that feeling of lost potential. Like there's still a story to tell. There's still a universe we could have explored, you know. And mm. so maybe that's what those folks' motivation is. Yeah, with Star Trek Horizon, um, which I which I enjoyed. It was a fun. It was nice to see a fan film that wasn't in TOS era. And again with the now they did the one man band take four years you know (laughs) option which is totally viable but uh but yeah but using 
But again, filmmaking tools are getting so inexpensive and that literally one person can make all the sets digitally and insert into them and just go from there. So I think, honestly, it's only a matter of time till we see a next-gen, if you're legally allowed to make it, (laughs) a next-gen fan film. And hopefully it's using new characters or another ship. And that would be... I think that would be really interesting. But no, but, but seeing Horizon, is it Horizon or Horizons? I think it's Horizon. We'll go with that because it's the name of the planet or whatever. Uh, it, <laughs> it had, I just, I, I'm not, nothing gets it. No, no, it's a good name. But it was fun and I liked, actually my favorite scene of Star Trek Horizon was when the, the upper crew, the, the command staff is at this kind of cabin in the woods retreat after their mission and they're kind of de-stressing and 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 calming down from their their... you know yeah we've seen (laughs) stuff like that before so but it was it was funny because it was just you know it's just a cabin it wasn't dressed up super 22nd century ish but they they had some really good acting in that scene and really drew on the characters as just people and i felt of anything that scene really connected me to the characters and that helps you buy into when they do all the star Trek fantastical stuff of obelisks and ancient Romulans. And you know, the everyone seems to like talking about the, was it, was that super powerful race who made the gateways? Uh, Guardians? No, no. um, Preservers? Iconians. Iconians. Iconians, Yes. Everyone's jumping on the Iconian bandwagon. But. Are they the um, Section Thirty One of? No, they're the they're the G- Jeffrey Combs. No, not so much Section Thirty One, but they they do play. Yeah, they do have a place though in in Star Trek Horizons. But I mean, also Star Trek um, Star Trek Online uses them, and they seem to be very popular in in the books as well. So, but yeah, what, so what is the name of that episode? Contagion. Contagion. Speaking of the Amamato. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Well, they have their own symbol. They have their own like icon. I don't remember that. That's the Iconians, yeah. Yes, the Iconians have their own icon. It's an eye. It's right and it looks like name. an eye. It's really lame. <laughs> <laughs> Are they the Incredibles? Do, oh man, do, that would be awesome. Do 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 do. And I guess I'm. Um, you know, do we need? Do you think TNG needs a fan film or? Are, you know, are we being forgotten? I mean, look, we do a weekly podcast. They shouldn't be forgetting it. We talk about it every week. But, you know, we are keeping the brand alive. Exactly. Three men at a time. Single-handedly. <laughs> but is there is there just not that TNG pack? Which I, I don't think it's necessarily. I don't think anyone's doing a Voyager or Deep Space Nine one. Um, are we just sort of like the the moderate middle of the road fandom? People are just like, yeah, you know, TNG. I don't not motivated to go uh, build something. I do like like I said I do feel there's going to be one in like the next 10 years because we're going to be far enough from it that a lot of the nostalgia is going to kick in and you're going to and the technology is going to be there that it's way more practical to to shoot but again like most fan films you know it, it takes the time to get a good story and there's a lot of good stories that's already been told so coming up with that's the hardest part you know, it's also 
there are also like other elements that I, I didn't think of right away that are easier in TOS. Like, like the cost doing is much easier in TOS. It's easier to do like even just the, the, the uniform, but on top of that, the makeup at, at, at most you have to put ears on. In TNG, you might have to do Klingon makeup or Ferengi makeup or whatever. There's only one Klingon in Starfleet, Daniel. Why would you need? Well, you have There's to only fight one the android. You have to fight you someone. To... Yeah. <laughs> and if you fight the Klingons in TOS, you just have to. Uh, well, we don't. We don't have to get into that. But um... <laughs> speaking of lawsuits. Um, <laughs> well, you know, and I, but I was thinking the reverse though. Like to me, the bridge isn't per se hard because you're just using computer screens like building the tos bridge with all the gloob glob knobs and screens and all the the tng bridge it's just computer screens well i mean program the graphics but philip i mean let's think about this uh a two by three you can find carpet anywhere (laughs) a two by three foot square of uh knickknacks you can get at hobby lobby is probably 20 bucks uh, two by foot three computer screen is a little more expensive. So even then, it, it is actually a little harder to do, depending on how how you're going to actually build it out. But you know. and then of course, I don't know. And every other galaxy class bridge I saw looked completely different from the Enterprise. <laughs> it's when I saw true. It on screen. <laughs> That's it's true. true. Yeah, yeah, including the including the other Enterprises uh, <laughs> that we see. So yeah, I would, and also, I mean. I wonder if people would maybe more gravitate towards doing a, ne- a nemesis style or a like a first ca- contact style uh, uniform because those seem to be very popular, almost over the the classic next gen tunic. They might be they might be slightly easier to make uh, as well, but I'm thinking that the bridges are more complicated. Um, oh yeah, you know you know so the that's the problem and. It's probably a balance there too. Like you have to kind of, again, like TOS is just the easiest thing kind of to 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 duplicate to emulate. So a single person can make a '70s TV show, you know, 50 years later. So does right. that mean we have to wait until is it like 2030? <laughs> we'll be able to make uh, next gen like that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do think that Philip has a really interesting and a good question here, right? Because you mentioned Horizon, Darren, and Enterprise was only 10 years ago, but we still don't have a TNG. And I don't, I don't actually, like, I know that there are a lot of these little factors, but I, I don't know if I can point to one single reason why someone... It's probably not one single reason. It's probably multiple. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe 47? <laughs> Maybe not that many. But yeah, I think it's it's technology, it's a story, it's distance from the source material, it's finding a new story to tell that hasn't been told or retold. As Shar and Tristan onto the journey often like to point out that many, even TNG stories, like to get retold in Voyager and so on and so forth. Yeah, and, and I and again, I don't. This I and this maybe goes down to the source of fandom because when you when I would say to you, "There's a Star Trek fan production," you're immediately going to think, "Oh, it's a TOS set." And I mean, and when you brought up. Yeah, but it's like when you brought up age, you know, I mean, I think about in the 2000s, you know, it wasn't people that were like, because look, the original series has been off decades, 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 okay? if you I think about 50 watched, years. Yeah, if you watched it on the reruns, 
even then, I mean, it, it was not like it, it, was, it was a bunch of like 20s and 30 year olds who were doing it and still 20, 30 year olds who were doing it in this decade. And so is it just something about the, the, the feel of TOS that makes it like, oh, I want to recreate that. Like, in other words, I guess it's this. If you want to be in, be in the Star Trek world, what's your first one you would choose? Because it seems to be most people's answers is TOS Kirk era. I want to wear that uniform and have that tricorder and walk down. But that's a good point because, I mean, as much as they are both Star Trek, they're also very different. And like you said, Philip, maybe just Kirk's era lends itself more to that kind of a production. I mean... If I was going to make a a next-gen show, I'd probably try to put a lot into the philosophy or the moral conundrum. Like, Even though that's not what every episode was about, that's just kind of more the tone that you feel. Oh, just do the drumhead, too. And you learn stand-up comedy in the holodeck. (laughs) Hey! You know, maybe in like 20 years from now, when Whoopi Goldberg's work, looking for work, we can have her come on to our fan production and (laughs) be Guinan in this one. Guinan, you never aged as, at all as long as mark twain doesn't follow her <laughs> uh, oh man i'm sorry and th- this is the meanest i'm gonna get about this but the only thing worse that i can think of than uh mark twain and tng is uh, a fan production version of mark twain in tng is <laughs> the only worst thing i can think of no, yeah, no, I'm thinking like more like high school play level. Like yeah. Mustache keeps falling off the kid. I'm Mark Twain. <laughs> um, well, is you know, is there? And I don't know because I don't have an answer. So this is going to be a dumb question. Is there a next generation? Ha ha ha! Of fan productions that isn't you know TV movies. You know, and I, I keep hating to come back to, even though I like it. Red Shirt Diaries. I mean, it should be that. That's a very different way of thinking outside the box. Like it's just going to be one person. Well, I mean, it's more people than that, but basically one person screen, that's the whole show. And it's just a couple minutes. So it's like, is there something else that can be called a fan production that would celebrate TNG? Uh, I think it's called galaxy quest. It was uh, <laughs> a, a little bit bigger than a fan. Get off the mic, but- Darren, <laughs> you know, and, and again, we've mentioned, uh, we, you know, we've mentioned Miles O'Brien at work, and there there are different ways that people celebrate their their fandoms, and it's. I mean, I feel like maybe if someone wanted to create like an audio game show based on TNG. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're still writing novels, or maybe a VCR board game told. Um, <laughs> of some sort. VCR, what the heck is that, Daniel? <laughs> yeah, because it's. I mean, that's that's. Uh, you know, who would, a VCR game, who would, you know, 20 years later try to recapture that VCR moment <laughs> using today's technology, you know. But, I mean, that's interesting because, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of that is experiencing what we experience. And so it's a nostalgia factor. But that whole, that, that sort of like that second step or third or fourth step of wanting to be in that world, of wanting to sit in that wobbly handmade captain's chair or ops or con or, you know, <sighs> Like I don't know, it, like it just Darren, has if the iconicness. Came, yeah, if, if Darren, if someone came to you and said, "I'm, you know, don't, however small or big, I'm doing a TNG fan production," what would be your first thing of like, "This is what I want to do to be a part of it"? Uh, I would say just visit the set, but <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Oh, you mean contribute? Uh, I would. Well, yeah, say, a Patreon. Yeah. It's called if you go to patreoncom slash money. Ensign. That's Ensign with an I. It's happening now, guys. It's happening. But um, I would say, you know, maybe doing some of the like Okudagrams, like designing the layouts of the panels and such, and then maybe have a background. Darren, that's a copyrighted role. word. You're going to have to call us something else. <laughs> Not a copyrighted word. It's his name with O-grams after it. <laughs> the Fine. Teddy Grams people well, got so much from Roosevelt Estate. Grams. That's awesome. <laughs> that's even more copyrighted. Okay, Phil, you're going the wrong direction. They're Moser... Moserograms. Oh man, we are in such deep trouble with Nabisco right now. Oh man. <laughs> Oreograms. No, wait, that's no, no, not that. And would would you be someone who would do that whole like, as I see from the the fan productions of like watching all the teaching close ups and trying to get it exactly like it, or would it be something more of like it's going to be a different perspective? Well, I mean, it definitely. I would do the lighting a lot more like the TV show and less like generations. Wait, wait. Is your production near a sun? Yeah, you know, you're not going to know because uh, let me show you. I mean, I, you have to come up to the bridge for me to tell you. I can't just tell you over the comm because that would take too few seconds. Do you, do you remember in Star Trek 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Opening scene and uh, um, the, uh, the Narada comes through the, the black hole. And they're next. They're they're right next to a star, and the the captain comes on the bridge and he says, "Polarize the view screen." It's like <laughs> it's a yeah. great little bit, and I think Picard forgot how to do that in generations. I just wanted to say hey, we, that don't, we, we don't polarize anything they're, after yeah, the twenty third century. Uh, yeah, that's Enterprise. We our polarization generator got knocked out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a true. That's true. It, well, especially since that was glass or some. Well, sorry. That was transparent aluminum, obviously, <laughs> and then they just added that effect, whereas Picard's an actual view screen. So are you saying that Star Trek Four is actually the beginning of the JJ-verse? Is that, is that the, <laughs> the point? It was really Kirk that was responsible for the JJ-verse. Or not Kirk, it was actually Scotty that was responsible for the JJ-verse. No, we can blame Kirk, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay, so so you'd be the the production, um, the Zimmerman esque Ukuda. Yeah, I do like production design. I think that would be yeah. a lot of fun, especially if it was we were doing a an a next gen era, and maybe doing a similar ship. You know, so you have enough of a feel where you can tell it's that same look. Because that's the hard thing is once you deviate too far to make it your own ship is it still in that universe like or that era like it's you can't go too far from the look of the inside of the of the 1701D before it's just extra sci-fi and then let me ask you this one last thing what would be the one detail you'd want to see done right like okay guys you know whatever i know it's it's small but there's this one thing if we're going to do this i want it to be done right uh i don't know i i keep thinking of uh the either like the corridors or the um, the doors to like the holodeck. Like that's just such an iconic door that you have to get right. <laughs> I mean, even though there's a half inch gap under it, it's totally airtight and <laughs> don't even worry about that. 
Yeah, yeah, you can definitely escape the Borg from that. All right, Daniel, someone comes to you and says, I'm doing a TNG production. You have a blank check on however you can be involved. What is it going to be for you, Daniel? Probably... Captain Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) Rank Admiral. Do you mean Danmiral? Um, No. Uh, I would say... He's gone crazy. He's going to kill us all. Probably. You would just be like, you know, the sitting in the chair admiral of where they just cut. You you don't you don't, you're, you don't even see the bridge. You just they just cut the video of you sitting in a chair. Da 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 da. And then like, thanks, admiral. They're just responding to your video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with a franchise as big as Star Trek, I know it's difficult to keep things contained. And sometimes I feel like they didn't have this position even on the actual show. But I would definitely be continuity supervisor. Oh, uh, it's script supervisor. No, okay, you can say that. Czar. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Script supervisor. I mean, you, Darren, you tell me. But that's that's just based. That's a continuity person. It's basically yeah. making sure all the notes and everything. So, so that, okay, no, that'd be cool. You'd basically be the fan on scene. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't go warp ten. Sorry. You just you can't do it unless you want to turn into lizards. But that's that's it. Those are your two options. So that kind of thing. <laughs> He'd be the special consultant. Yeah. Uh, yes. For, for Star Trek. Yeah. The script. Yeah. The script supervisor. I mean, it would be handy if they knew a lot of Star Trek, but they're usually more making sure everything's been shot and everything looks the same day to day. So they they're often taking pictures of like what was the character wearing this day and how was it put together so that. when it's supposed to be three seconds later in the film, but it's actually been three days, it actually looks the same. Now, Daniel, would you want to be the science advisor? You know, that was actually going to be my second thing, uh, was going to be the science advisor. Yeah, that would be pretty cool as well. And, you know, bars aren't set as high for fan productions, so, uh, you know, in case I messed up, that'd be okay, too. (laughs) Right. Guys, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> well, let's just invent this techno babble, and we'll get out of that plot hole in no time, Jimmy. <laughs> now, of course, there's there's no there's no question. I would I would want one of two roles, possibly both writer and or actor. So I would I would I don't need to be. The I wrote captain. this scene. It's a he's tall. <laughs> he actually wears glasses still in the 24th century. See, I don't even know that's, why. That's but. the thing about fan productions. You can just be like some you know have a beer belly and glasses, and you're still in it because it's a. Hey, fan production. wasn't that uh, wasn't that uh, Shatner's role in all the movies? Byoc, bring your own costume. Everyone just brings their own costume. Exactly. Um, so that would be, I mean, not the writer, but just love to be a, a writer or, and, or just like ops guy. Well, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm too old to be an ensign. Well, no, no, no. That's a lie. Cause TNG had like 80 year old ensigns. Along <laughs> so oh, I, I'll be I've that, thought, that guy. I've thought of my story. Uh, this is what I would do if I was doing a next gen fan production. I know it's slightly similar to, um, to all good things in a little bit, but I would love to do a, a fractured story. Star Trek fractured. Right, Star Trek it. fractured. So like in Voyager. Wait, wait. Where... Is this based on the new app? Timelines? No, no, no. <laughs> it's not based on the timelines app. But no, I mean, I really like the, the, the fractured Voyager episode where they literally walked between, you know, the different episodes. And so you would be able to... I mean, that's because that's just so nostalgia driven, you know, and you could have them walk into an episode where the Klingons are 
aiming a, a blaster at the warp core or I don't know, just whoa, 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 maybe whoa. Did you say blaster? one section, the uh, saucer has been separated and there's no, there's no rest of the ship, <laughs> but I think that could be an interesting story. All right, guys. Well, it sounds like, you know, we, we sort of listed all the, the troubles and tribulations. No, wait, that was a DS9 episode. Um, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, would you guys be, and, and I'm ready to press the activate page. I mean, would you guys be willing to like, man, you know, I would love to give like $10 or is it just like, you know, what? Yeah, I think someone should do that. You know, how on your scale of things that should happen in a Star Trek. Where do you think TNG fan production should be? Um, On a scale of 1 to 47, Daniel. A scale of 1 to giving money to it? <laughs> yeah, I would put... Well, okay, let's... let's Again, I'm trying to put this in the diplomatic, nicest way possible. Um, I don't... I, I'm not a big uh, fan production person in general, so I would... Mm-hmm. That would all be super low on my scale. So let's say from one to forty-seven, at the most, I would have a a three of interest in this project. Um, I'd give. Wait a a minute! I keep getting threes. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I'd give it a a two and a half. Do you feel like that? That's like um, is that something? I mean, not. I mean, Star Trek is just one big thing. I know. I'm. I don't. If you start cutting out, you know, every show has its own fandom i think that's kind of crazy but i mean like in as far as if a tng fandom exists like do you think it hurts or helps us that we really don't have that yeah i mean in my opinion fan productions don't do either i i really feel like that that they're just a labor of love from the people who do them they're, uh, they're tributes they're, yeah and a way to show your passion a and, valentine and, yeah and i think and i'm and i say uh, honestly all power to the people that do them. And honestly, if one came out that was a TNG, I would check it out. I would watch it, you know, uh, and I, and and that would probably be the end of it would <laughs> for me, as far as I'm concerned, anyways. No, well, I mean, viewers, just like we need listeners, are always an important thing. So, so Darren, do you, what do you think TNG? You know, does that say less about our our thing, or or do we just celebrate TNG in a different way? Well, I. I have a, a Star Wars analogy, which actually makes uh, sense. Go with me. <laughs> so, as long as it's not anamorphs. One day, gosh, no. So one day, I'd love to be able to have my own R2-D2 unit. And I know a lot of people who, who build their own. And I know some that build other R2 units, like R5 or other things like that. And it's, it always strikes me, if you're going to put all the time and energy into an, into an R2, why not make it R2-D2? Like, why make it something else? And again, it's it's all personal preference, and other people make their own droids, and they do custom stuff, which is totally fine. Some people want to do original things. It's the same thing, I think, a lot with with fan films. I mean, you have fan films, but in, in the bubble of that is just film in general. So if you're going to put all this time and effort into a sci-fi film, it's the same kind of question. Do you want to do your own story? And have something that you can show and you can modernize and you can share, or do you want to put it into uh, someone else's intellectual property like Star Trek, where you're going to be a lot more limited in what you can do with it, but you're still putting the same amount of effort in, but what do you get out of that? And I think that's a question that all producers have to decide on, you know, when they're approaching like fan film territory. I think. 
trying to keep this as a evergreen podcast that can be relevant after many years, you know, now is not exactly the healthiest time for fan films, at least in the Star Trek world. But if there was one going on, most likely it's going to be going on in my neighborhood because I do live in Southern California. So I would probably more contribute. I would probably contribute more my personal help rather than money at this point, just because you're a little more invested, literally just putting yourself uh, as a, as a, as a contributor. Yeah. Yeah. I, and again, I, I, it's one of the things I, I feel like I would want a 24th century slash TNG era, like, like TV Star Trek TNG era fan production, but I'm not sure what I want that. Like I, to me, I don't necessarily need the big, you know, movie or the, the TV series or episodes is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Episodes, you know, it's not really TV. It's not gonna be on the TV, but anyway, but like just something, even a left field, like, I don't even know what I'm thinking, but it'd just be nice to have something cool. That's like, yeah, see, people still like TNG. Um, but of course, you know, the, here at Earl Grey, this is just our topic of the week. You know, obviously if, if folks really want to hit, get these discussions, there is the official Axonar podcast here on Trek.fm, or there's also continuing mission, which is about all the fan productions of Star Trek, that are out there and, and that's another great podcast here on the network. But other than those three podcasts, fan productions are not the only thing we've been <laughs> talking about this week on the network. And here's what you may have missed this week on Trek.fm. Previously on Trek.fm, literary treks. It is very much every one of the characters, you know, who, who finds themselves sort of pulled into the conflict that's at the heart of this story. They are reacting to a fear of the other. Meta Trex. He gets all the way over to me and he goes, well, if it isn't Manu, uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then he elbows me and he winked. And I immediately felt like I was a part of the team and it was Uncle Eastwood. And, you know, it was a great way for him to just welcome me to the set, you know. The Ready Room. And they'll, sc- they'll scare two of their friends, and they'll scare two of their friends, and before you know it, everyone's afraid. Now that sounds like a pyramid scheme of fear, exactly. <laughs> a pyramid scheme of fear, I love it. <laughs> and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them in iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zoom. Visit the Trek.fm website for the full Trek experience. You can view our podcast directory to stream the audio from all of our shows. If you would like to contact us, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Message to a Trek FM Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be relayed by Starfleet to the three of us. In social media, you'll find us on facebook.com slash trek.fm or join our Facebook listener discussion group called The Babel Conference. Find it by searching The Babel Conference on Facebook. Now let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor this week, Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. This is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Now, as a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. 
Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. There's one more way you can directly help us to keep Earl Grey coming to you each and every week, and that's through becoming a patron of Trek FM. By visiting patreon.com slash trekfm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek FM patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all our great content. So please become a patron and visit patreon.com slash trekfm today. All right, Darren. So if um, Michael and Denise Akuda want to reach you for a private discussion, where can you be found on the interwebs? That doesn't sound like a good thing. Um, no, they can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Or my new Twitter handle, One Up Dan. That's the number one. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. It's my fan production, One Up Fan. Uh, <laughs> <at the, laughs> that's the, oh, boy. That's the number one. <laughs> and an F. <laughs> And they can also find me talking about 70s before fan films could even happen because it was still on the air, uh, talking with my co-host Aaron Harvey about Star Trek the Animated Series in our bi-weekly podcast, Saturday Morning Trek. Now, I am interested in Saturday Morning Trek's thoughts about what your fan production would look like. What is the fan production of TAS? <laughs> so, um, Daniel? I think we did an episode about that. Uh, it's, we've it's done a, a couple episodes. It's a flip book, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing the Marvel intro, Darren. <laughs> All right, Daniel, if folks want to talk to you about where you can help them find continuity in their own lives, where can they find you? Uh, they can get a hold of me on Twitter at uh, one of Dan. That is the number one and the letter D as in Darren doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. See, this is what fan productions do. They break people apart. Um, and if folks want to talk to me about how you can hire me to be your head writer for your fan production, you can contact me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC for nothing but continuity. You don't need, you don't need Daniel. There's only one guy you need on our own. Wouldn't that be NBC? I mean, you're going in. No, Darren, that's a corporation. What are you doing? (laughs) Now we're definitely getting sued. (laughs) All right. Well, I have to go fill out these forms, apparently, for doing this podcast. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But you can find us here next week. Until then, don't sue us. Please. Thank you. Fire. 